We want to give our guest speaker as much time as possible. Can you guys help me welcome, what's your name again? Jim Waldrop. Thanks. I appreciate that. We've got a huge blessing in Pastor Derek. We really do. As in many, many of the leaders that we have here. Um, for those of you that may not know me, probably most of you do. I am Jim Waldrop. We've been coming here a long time. Um, my wife is the children's pastor. Um, I've helped her in many different capacities off and on through the through the years with that role, which has stretched me quite a bit, but it's it's been good. It's been a blessing. I just got a couple of quick uh, things that I want to cover, just thoughts that I had before I get into the message and then I'll pray. One thing is, is and, and then this may not be the time to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway, is for all you men out there, we've got an incredible men's Bible study going on Sunday nights. And I almost... The, the, it's almost the perfect size right now, so I'm a little hesitant to say it, but you got to share something that that's good, that is that good. So um, nobody put me up to this, but I've been going to it. If you're free 6.30 Sunday night in that office building, man, you need to be there. Talk to Tom. He's been there. Um, it's especially with Destiny and, and, and the transition that we're going through right now, and this has nothing to do with my, uh, my message at all, but it, maybe the Lord just put on my heart with destiny and the transition and the things that are going on with this church right now I think it's just rock solid um, particularly us as men that we get together and we share our strengths and our struggles and we pray and we really build each other up and that's really what it's all about we're talking about David and how he built himself up so men 630 uh, Sunday night I'd love to see you there uh, second point of thing is, is um, for all you guys out there that, that really like destiny style worship and you're right in the middle of your week, and you're like, ah, oh, there, uh, YouTube, something called, you, you don't have to write this down, but remember, YouTube, um, this thing called the Upper Room Worship. It's out of Dallas, Texas. And if you've already found it, then you're probably be spending some time there. But um, every now and then, sometimes during the week, I'll get in a groove or I'll be stretching, ask my kids, looking like a goofball in my house. And I like to, the kids have set up the, the basement so you can watch YouTube through our TV down there and I'll I'll turn it on and that's and so I'll just search some songs I love and I found this but it's powerful you're gonna think you're sitting in a destiny worship service I mean it's full of youngsters and they're jumping and hollering and they do that song we just did that's probably what reminded me that that breakthrough song or fight my battles um, they do that song and it's it's powerful so that was kind of the cleanup notes um, you're not going to have Pastor Brent, probably not going to have near as much humor this morning. Sorry about that. My jokes are much, much lamer. Um, I'm usually sitting off over here stretching, uh, looking weird while Pastor Brent is speaking. However, I do believe the Lord has given me some stuff to, to share with you this morning. So I'm going to open with a word of prayer and we're going to jump right in. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these people. I thank you for this message. I thank you for this day. Father, I just ask that you would open the hearts to hear that are in here, Lord. Not so much to hear my voice, but Lord, to hear you. I ask that you would touch every heart that's in here and they would leave here, Lord, knowing that they heard something from you that's tangible, that's real, Father, that their heart would be changed, they would be drawn closer to you, that they would understand uh, in a deeper capacity, if nothing else, your love for them. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Okay, if you have your Bibles, turn them to Matthew chapter 6. Um, we're going to start in verse 5. And actually, you don't have to go there, but I'm going to jump over to Luke. As I, was, as I was beginning to see what the Lord wanted me to speak about, or kind of what was going on in my life when Pastor Brent asked me to, to speak, um, I just kind of looked at where I was in my life. Hey, what's going on in, in my life? What am I dealing with? And, and, and really the topic that I was dealing with when the when Pastor Brent um, said, hey, do you want to speak? you want to preach this Sunday? Was um, I was kind of studying the will of God and how that applies directly to our life and how important um, the will of God is to us as a believer. And so through the course of what I was doing, that ultimately, I'm not going to go down that whole journey, but that ultimately brought me to the Lord's Prayer that first I'm going to read a chunk of it out of, out of Luke 11, which you don't have to, to go there. But if, um, and then we're going to end up over in Matthew 6. So that's probably where you want to be is, is in Matthew 6. But in Luke 11, essentially, um, the title of it in my Bible is the Lord's Prayer. And it says, he was praying, this is talking about Jesus at a certain place. And after he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, our Father, hallowed be your name. And I, I don't need to go through all of it. I just want to jump in that first thing and come up with, with some principles there. So one of them um, that I put in my note is in this context, you get the, this sense that it was very normal for Jesus to pray. This wasn't an abnormal thing. It was, it was very normal. The other thing I think that's, that's really important in this that maybe we've lost in our cultures, I think Jesus had specific places that he would go to pray. And I think his disciples knew it. And I think it was kind of one of those things, and this could, this could be me, I could be, but it was almost one of those things like, you got your, we got our house, and if you got families and kids, and the kids know when dad's going to this certain area, dad's going to the garage, well, dad's going to work on the car, probably. Oil needs changed, or dad's going to tinker, because that's what he does. When I think it was with the disciples that as they were following Jesus, and, and he was going through. There were certain times or certain things. And when Jesus was going here, I don't even think they had to ask. They're like, he's going to pray. They could just tell. Because that's how important it was. That's how significant it was to him. That much, that's how much it was ingrained in his life. So just kind of let that churn in there that not only was it normal for Jesus to play, but he was very intentional. He was very deliberate about it. And he had a specific place. He had, he had designated places that he would like to go to do nothing but pray and connect with this heaven Father, Heavenly Father. Um, and I, I think that's something we're missing in, in, in our culture and in our specific lives. Um, so you can chew on that a little bit. I don't want to beat you up with that too much. That's, that's, that's more of a side point. Let's jump over to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. This is where we're going to kind of get into the nuts and the bolts of the, of the prayer of what Jesus is talking about and kind of everything that I believe ties into it. Somebody help me keep track of time. I feel like I made this really short, but once you get up here and get rattling, it, it tends time flies by. So let's jump over to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 5. Um, get my notes here because I actually... Um, this is essentially the same situation where now Jesus um, has been asked, hey, teach us how to pray. Um, and, and Jesus basically goes and, and recites the same thing and, and, and gives his disciples, the ones that are most closest to him, the ones that, that love him dearly, 
um, that have, have accepted this offering to follow him and live with him um, day in and day out, this is what he tells them. Uh, this is how he tells them to pray. So, um, nope, I'm off by one page here. So, if you, if you look at the same prayer here, it starts very similar. Um, when you're praying, do not heat up empty phrases as the Gentiles. I think I'm in, in, oh, I was going to start at five. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. So that, And I tell you, they've received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to the Father in secret, which kind of ties into what I said before, maybe even stronger. just says, go pray. Um, and, and the Father will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for the Father knows what you need before you ask him. So that, that further builds on what to that. Basically, be real with God, have a specific place, and pray often. One of the things that, that, um, that I've learned is being in law enforcement, for those of you that don't know, I'm a deputy sheriff. And this is a principle that I've tried that, that works very well with some of the training that we do. Lots of the training that we do as deputy sheriffs, we've discovered if we do it at maybe a lower volume, maybe fewer repetitions, but much more frequently, you're going to be much more prepared. So let me make that a little more practical. If I take my gun, for example, and I go to my, down to our shooting range and I shoot 10 rounds once a week, as opposed to me going to the range maybe once every two months and shooting 100 rounds, um, with what I do less, much more frequent, I'm going to be considerably more proficient with my handgun. Um, it's just the way it works. You just, you, it keeps you really fresh. Well, sometimes I think that's kind of how we see our prayer life. I think we kind of get this, we let it all build up, and we're like, we get so busy, 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 and it all builds up, and then we just find time, and we just unload that 100 or 200 rounds on the Heavenly Father. And I'm not saying that that's bad. Exactly. I'm not saying that that's bad. But what I would like to encourage you is you will be more proficient in your prayer life. I feel like you will stay more connected and in tune if you can develop the concept of even if it's shorter, if it's more frequent and intentional. Um, so keep, keep that in mind, and especially, especially if you connect that with a specific place of intentionality. Um, one of the things that I've found in my walk that, that has really helps me feel close to the Heavenly Father is when, when there's really a deliberateness, when there's an intentionality, when, when, when I don't just wait for things to pop up that maybe cause me to draw the Lord, or I don't wait to go to church, or I don't wait to, uh, um, you know, hear a song I really like that might stir me up. When I, when I take that, that initiative, and, and I'm deliberate, and I'm intentional, and I do what I can, and to have these prayer times and to do these type of things. So, and it, that concept absolutely works in, in shooting. I, I've experienced it. So, that takes us kind of to, to the prayer and the importance of it and having a, a, a specific place. And even that still really isn't the heart of uh, what I want to talk about. That's still just kind of getting her warmed up. So the first part of the prayer here, let's, let's move along to Matthew 6, 9. Chapter 9, they ask him to say, 
teach us how to pray. And basically the first thing Jesus says, pray in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done. So if you just start right there, first thing we're supposed to really do when it, when it, when it comes to prayer is, is worship. It's really an attitude of the heart. Um, worship is, is our willingness to admit, or not even to admit, to just acknowledge how much we admire, how much we adore our Heavenly Father, how thankful we are for our, our Heavenly Father, to um, draw close to the Heavenly Father. Um, time of worship is, is really about drawing close. And, and um, I, love the, I love the worship music. Um, but, it, but at some level, sometimes I struggle with worship music because um, I feel like there's a, quite a few songs out there that make us, they, they almost come from a perspective like they were, it's a struggle to get close to our Heavenly Father. They, they don't start from the position that we're already there and we just kind of need to bask in where we already are. It's like we're trying to get there. And that, if you hang around Destiny very long and listen to Pastor Brent, you're there. You were there. You're, the blood of Jesus paid the cross, or paid the price, and you were there. You're right there in Heavenly Father's. The veil is torn, and you're right there in His presence. So worship, the purpose of worship isn't to get you there. It's really more for you to understand where you are, to admire, to adore, to remember, to thank, to acknowledge, and to just really bask in that closeness that you have with the Heavenly Father. That's what I believe we're talking about with, with even in your prayer time with how it starts. It's that closeness, that oneness that you should really feel with the Heavenly Father. So if you jump on from there to, 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 to 6 through 10, here's the whole nuts and bolts of my message. If you want to listen to anything, um, listen for the next few minutes and then you can tune out or, or leave. Because this is what I really feel the Lord has, has put on my heart for you guys and for me um, in all of this. And this is where he talks about bringing his kingdom and bringing his will. It says right there, when we are to pray, um, our Father, which aren't in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. So right after we get done worshiping God, it's all about us having this understanding about the importance of God's kingdom and God's will coming to this earth and being done on this earth. And, but, um, and so sometimes I think we brush over that. Sometimes I think we don't understand the significance of it. And what the Lord has really impressed upon me is, is uh, this is really where we find our purpose and our place in this world. It's directly connected to, it's directly tied to um, bringing God's kingdom and doing God's will on this earth. You are a part and you play in a role by design. By design. God designed you as a human being to bring his kingdom and do his will on this earth. So it's not some abstract concept that just is like out there in the wind and maybe you get a little slice of the pie once in a while or, or you know, you, you fumble through this and every now and then God might use you to do something on this earth. If, that, if that's your concept uh, of God and why he created you, that it's, I'd like to challenge you to rethink that. That's not at all. 
That's not at all why God puts you on this earth. Um, so let me dive into this just a little more. So basically, what is the Lord has impressed upon me is that our purpose, our, our existence, why he's allowed us to be born is to bring his kingdom and his will on this earth. And that goes all the way back to the garden. He created, he created Adam and Eve to rule. And at that time, his perfect kingdom was reigning. It wasn't, it wasn't hindered. And then he, his will was for them to rule over all of this and have jobs and do stuff. So with that in mind, that essentially um, was lost during the fall. And sin came in. And that all got muddied and, and confused and, and turned upside down. And, and perverted in many ways. And we come all the way through, but we get all the way back to Jesus, who's redeemed us, who's redeemed us back to that original design, who's allowed us once again to fulfill what our really design is. And so every detail of us was very specific. It was very intentional. It was very deliberate um, that we were designed by God to live on this earth, to bring his kingdom, and to do his will. And if you really tie those together, what, you, what, what it really makes sense in my brain is if you take it from this perspective. Essentially, me doing God's will, me doing what God has designed me and put me on this earth to do, brings his kingdom to this earth. So don't make too much, because sometimes I think this kingdom can be the cloud in the sky thing, and you're like, what does that even mean? And you can, you can do a lot of research, and it, it, but when you are functioning in the capacity that God has designed you to be on this earth, you are bringing his kingdom. And, it, and I'll take it to this depth. Um, a, you're never going to be more happy. You're never going to understand better. You're never going to walk in, more, in any more fulfillment on this earth. There's nothing even on this earth. Um, and I'll even throw the, the crazy things that we do to fill our needs. You, you know, drugs, money, whatever you, you, um, you want to throw out there. None of that can compare to you walking closely with the Heavenly Father and fulfilling the purpose and the plan that He has specifically created you to do. Nothing can touch that because that is you by design. That is who God made you to be. So it's so critical. It's so critical that we understand that we understand that there's a God up there that loves us enough that he designed us with a specific purpose and a specific plan to bring his kingdom by doing his will to this earth. And so if you get nothing else out of, out of my message today, I really want you to to chew on that. I really want you to understand. I want you to make that one of your core beliefs. I want you to make that one of your core beliefs is that you, as an individual, were designed by God intentionally to walk closely with Him and to fill a purpose on the plan that He's designed for you. That's His will for you. And it lines up with who you are. Sometimes I think we, we get freaked out about this because you're like, I don't, people are like, I, 
I don't know if I really want what God knows for me because I'm going to hate it. You know what I mean? I don't know where that comes from. It's like if you, if you can't sing a lick like me, God probably didn't design you to be a worship leader, at least not a singer. And if he did, if he did, then he's going to give you that ability to sing when you're in that spot. But um, so when you come full circle on that, um, what, what it really comes down to is not just that, that um, you were designed to this, but I want to challenge you to look at your strengths. Look at what it is in your life that you have that you are passionate about. What do you desire? What, when you have free time or what gets you excited that, 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 that you get to go and do? And maybe it's not that frequent. Maybe, maybe it's over here, it, but it, it's something that's in you and maybe you can't explain it and I can't explain it. Nobody else can really explain it, but you just love to do it. You just, it's, it's part of who you are. God put that there. And he knew that it was going to be there. And he knew you were going to live in this day and age. And you were going to have those strengths and those desires. Excuse me, and those passions. And he allowed that to happen. Because that's directly connected to his perfect will in your life. Which is going to bring the kingdom on earth. I believe that. I believe that. He didn't, he didn't make you... Um, like to do mechanical type of things and then going to make you a preacher and you're never ever going to get to turn a wrench. That's not who God is. David, I think King David understood this almost better than anybody if you really read the Bible and you talk about, about the Psalms and how intricately David understood how he was made and why he was made um, to do the things that he did. And he was very passionate about it. In fact, I would challenge you, um, my, my next note, I would challenge you, if you struggle with this, if you struggle with understanding this, um, if you struggle kind of believing a lot of this, I would challenge you to dig into the Psalms and start taking them as your own. Start digging into David's prayers. Start reading how David poured his heart into God, how David was so real with God, so unbelievably real with God, sometimes almost petty. And I'm not going to go there because of the interest of time. I see, I see the clock. I'm not, but I challenge you, I think it's even in Psalms 40. Read Psalms 40. And I was reading this, and I just could hardly believe it. I think in, it's in Psalms 40. There's a part in there where David is so fired up. He's like, God, I need you to deal with these guys because they said, aha. Like, these guys are making fun of me. That's pretty petty, but it's in there. Check it. Um, but that's how passionate David was. That's how close David was. That's how he shared everything with the Lord. It just poured his heart. So if you struggle with this concept of understanding how valuable you are to God and how how much you are connected and how much he loves you and wants um, you and, and created you with a specific purpose, read the Psalms. Dive into the Psalms and read, read them out loud. Read them out loud to yourself until it starts to go from your head to your heart. We got to move on. Okay. I think you got that. Um, we move on to there because I'm going to, I'm going to, the rest of this I'm going to move through fairly quickly, and we're going to get down to the bottom where it says nuts and bolts. So I think I've hammered the home, home the worship, kingdom, purposes. The next part is to talk about um, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, I believe that's about six, verse 611. I'm not even going to read that. That's where, that's where God gives us what we need. And before I had this concept that my purpose is directly connected to bringing the will and the kingdom of God, that's a tough thing to, to read. 
what position, what found, I understand it's the blood of Jesus. It, it is the blood of Jesus. But this is a command where he's saying, give us. Give us what we need. Um, and maybe it's just my personality. I would struggle with that part a little bit. It's like I just can just demand God to give me what I need. Well, yeah, you can because he's promised to take care of your fruit. But it's bigger than that. When you're walking in the when you're walking with the mindset and the understanding, and and through the power of the Holy Spirit that you're bringing His kingdom and His purpose to this earth, and that's who you are, you absolutely are going to demand the stuff that you need because He's going to give you this stuff. It's already there. That's what He wants for you. So then you can come to Him and say, "This is what I need. Give me the, give me this, Lord, because this is what I believe I need to be doing to bring Your kingdom and Your purpose on this earth." And, and so you can pray with that absolute boldness. Absolute boldness. It's all tied to advancing the kingdom and doing the will of God. Forgive us. We have to be willing to forgive. That's the next chunk right there. Um, if that wasn't a big hitter, it wouldn't be in there. It just wouldn't. Um, we've been forgiven, and you have to be willing to forgive. Even the simple things. I'll tell, you know, sometimes you think you've let things go and you've forgiven, uh, and, and it'll pop right back up. Something will hit you right in the in the jaw, and you're like, Ooh, "No, I don't like that. I, I don't know about that." And I had that happen just this past week, and uh, I was really, really fired up, and I shouldn't have probably been mad at all. But I, I really realized as I as I processed it and came through to it, I, I got to the point where I realized I had a I had some unforgiveness. I had some resentment towards some people that I feel like um, ripped me off. And we're trying to potentially do it again. I didn't want to have any part of it. And, and I just really had to lay it down. I just, I had to lay it down. It was really churning me up. And I may get into some details on that if I have time, but I want to keep moving because I want to get to, but forgiveness. We have to be willing to forgive, to not hold grudges. And I think it's so important. I think one of the biggest reasons the Lord put it, put it in there is because if we choose not to forgive, it hinders. It just hinders um, our ability and it binds us up. We get kind of stuck right there. Doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. Doesn't mean you don't love the Lord. Um, doesn't mean you're not a believer. But you just kind of get stuck in that area, right there, because you can't forgive something. You can't. You can't. And sometimes it's ourself. You know what I mean? Whoa. Sometimes we gotta. We we can't forgive ourselves. Um, and we we can get stuck right there. We can be our own worst enemies. If, if, if you're like me, that can somebody, sometimes be the case. But in many other situations, um, you know, we can we can hold on to to bitterness towards other people. And it, and what what I guess if you're struggling with that, this thought just came. You go dig up Corey Tenboon, and she's got a she's got just it'll have you in a pile of tears on the floor when you read kind of her story and some of her stuff, and particularly when. She was, um, she's connected to World War II in the concentration camps. But anyway, a German soldier, um, after all the horrific things she'd seen, came up to her and asked for forgiveness. Oh, you want to talk about getting real? That's real. And, and, and she, but she understood. You know, I do got to move on. But, and, and according to Corey Tenboon, th this just popped into me. She, she did a lot with this, if, I'm, if I remember all this right. It's been a long time. Since I've kind of read some of her stuff, but she said uh, one of the things that she discovered as she worked with people who went through hideous, horrible, horrific things in their life, um, and the ones that couldn't cope, and the ones that were able to cope, she said if she could point to one single thing, it was forgiveness. 
She said the ones that could forgive were able to move past, leave it behind them, and move forward. The ones that couldn't were stuck, and they were miserable, and they were addicts, and they were suicidal. It, it, it was just an enormous, and that's why I believe the Lord put it in there. It's so critical. We've got to forgive. We've got to be willing to forgive others, and um, even whether they even feel like they need it or not. So um, I'm going to kind of wrap that up because I want to move on to this next step. Oh, it does say temptation there, 613. I better not just blow that. Um, basically, uh, in verse 13, he says, Do not bring us into a time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. And that's just asking God to, uh, to be with us. It seems kind of backwards, like God would intentionally bring us to, to a time of trial. But I think it just is, it's a sense of awareness um, is, is what the Lord wants him to have. That, that evil is still out there. It's still lurking. Um, it's there, there's still things that are going to try to distract you, get you off track, um, keep you from 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 your best and from from uh, basically just kind of get you stuck in the mud, so you feel like you're spinning your wheels. You don't want to be spinning spinning your wheels. So I've done all that. We've got just a few more minutes. Um, hopefully that kind of sunk in. I want to get down here to the part that says the nuts and bolts. Um, because I think I've talked kind of in general right now, and I don't feel like that always connects as, as well. So we're gonna, we'll get to the nuts and bolts of what I've called the nuts and bolts of this. this. This is where kind of the rubber meet the road for me a little bit, and, and hopefully you can relate to some of it. So as, as I was doing all this, and I was beginning kind of walking this walk and saying, all right, Lord, I, I specifically remember this day, and I was at work, and I said, Lord, I... I truly just want to do your will. Like, make that my passion. Make, make the passion of my heart to put, do, you know, and I get myself all fired up, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm excited, and I'm ready to go. And, uh, and I just, I, I mean, I almost remember feeling even just the tangible presence of God. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done with everything else in my life that's not your perfect will. And uh, it, it was about two hours later, I think, ish, uh, and I'm sitting at the hospital. I end up on guard duty at the hospital, which is like the most boring thing ever. For it's like, but anyway, because sometimes we, when we have people that are in custody and they go into the hospital, we got to guard. And I'm sitting in there um, after just being so fired up about about this. And I sit there and I'm like, okay, I can, I can make this work. And uh, and as time goes on, and I and, and I'm kind of sitting my thing, and a few minutes pass, and I'm eavesdropping on conversation um, and everything's uh, all the hustle and bustle particularly in this because it was an ICU so there's just tons of people because of the intensity anyway to cut to the chase probably less than two definitely less than three hours later all the way all of a sudden I'm sitting in the in the hospital and it's like my balloon was just popped and I'm like you know what this stinks I'm just gonna sit here and watch TV Lord, I mean, how am I going to do anything for you sitting in here? I'm just going to watch TV. So, I, for, it's, what I had to realize with that, and I guess the life lesson there for me is that we've got to be, we've got to be honest with ourselves, um, and we've got to be real with ourselves. And I had to understand that, that when I was all fired up for, for, for really 
wanting to do the Lord's will. And then I felt like kind of my day got turned upside down because it, it didn't go as I'd planned. That that popped my bubble there. And it was almost like the Lord was like speaking to me in my language saying, you know, um, for lack of better terms, hey, be careful what you say. Or, or is that really what the attitude of your heart is? Or is that just what you're saying right now? Because um, you're out here ready to take on the world and tackle bad guys and save children and, and, and whatever. He's like, what, what happens when, when it's not so, you know, fun and exciting? Is that, is that, really, is that, is that really what you want? Or, or for me, I guess you can dumb it even down to this. Is, is he still, are you still going to pour into me? Are you still going to be this fired up when you turn a corner and it's completely opposite of what you thought? Or is that just going to knock you off your, your thing? So, um, yeah. So what? And I, as I as I muddled through through that, I began to think of you know what are, what so what are the other areas in my life where, um, you know, my heart's desire and, and and this is the whole this is where you can't go wrong. If your heart's desire is to love the Lord and do what He wants then you're 100% on the right path. But what, what are some of the things? What are, the, what are some of the cracks in the sidewalk? What are some of the, uh, the things in, in our lives or in my life that, that we stumble upon, that we trip upon, that, 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 that maybe set us back a little bit? And so I, as I was coming up with this list, I tried to make a quick list for me that I'm going to buzz through here. Um, and some of them are going to be pretty obvious. Um, some of them might jump out at you. Some of them might not. But... Probably one of the, the big ones for me is, is a pride. Um, it's hard. It can be very hard to surrender to little things, um, to simple things. Sometimes I think in the big picture as Christians, it, 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 it's easy, but when we get little things, or when something comes from a place that, that you're not sure you like the source, and you're like, mm, mm, you struggle with that. For me, I think sometimes I'll, I'll, I will personally feel like, you know, that's kind of beneath me. That's, that, that might be a little minimal for me, you know, and, and that's a red flag. That's, that, that, that's a red flag because that might be exactly what the Lord wants me to do at that moment. Um, here's another one. This is a big one, I, and I gotta, I'm going to run past this one. Um, I think we get this. When you've been believing for a long time and you've been Christian, you've been following the Lord, I think we get this sense of entitlement. Oh, this hits home for me. It's like, wait a minute, Lord. Wait a minute. You know, I, I've been getting up for every day and, 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 and doing A, B, and C, and now this? And this, this hit me really hard just here recently. I mean, let's be honest, okay? How many of us sitting in here right now believe Brent and Tana deserve deserve to finish what they started with this church. You know? I mean, if you, if you know them and you know their hearts, they deserve, by our standards, by my standards, by everything that I try to live for and love the Lord, they deserve to finish what they've started right here. They deserve to see this dream of this church. The problem is, though, is that's an entitlement mindset. And that creeps in on us sometimes, and it hinders us. It stops because it gets us so charged in one thing or, or gives us this, 
this sense that we deserve this, that God, you've got to do this because, and he doesn't. He doesn't. He's, he's, yeah. And so you got to be careful for that sense of entitlement. It'll, it'll creep into you as a believer. Um, and, 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 and we can get to that point where, and that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do things. He does want, he's got great things for you. And it's part of his kingdom and his will. But when, when, you, when you start having the mindset of, of he has to or he needs to, um, it, it, it can get a little sticky there. Um, what about our habits? Ooh. Sometimes I think our habits, just, just stuff, good or bad, indifferent, this is kind of where you want to go off in the corner and be like, this would be maybe actually, if I was sitting out here, this is where I would tune me out. Because um, these are kind of those little things in our life that, that we do just because we do. Um, you know, at, at 9 o'clock at night, I watch the news every night. I, I, that's not what I do. I don't really watch. But, but what I'm saying is, is, is if you watch the news at 9 o'clock every night, um, because that's what you do and that's what you've always done, um, then what happens that night when you, when you don't get to new, watch the news? What does that do to you? Or what would happen if at some point, instead of watching the news, you really felt like the Lord was like, don't go watch the news right now. Go for a walk. Because maybe there's somebody on... My, my point is, is not to make you feel judged, but my point is, is we develop habits. And they're things that we do just because we do them. And maybe because we've always done them. And they're not necessarily bad, but you want to be careful about how many habits and things that you have in your life that you do just because you do. Because God could be talking to you in that still small voice. You could be getting that nudging from the Holy Spirit and completely ignore it because it's 9 o'clock and I watch the news. So that's what I do at 9 o'clock. So that's really only my whole point to that. Because some... And I guess I'll th- I will throw this in. Be careful for, ha- for, for having habits um, purely out of the purpose of, of, of being comforting and coping and because you always did it the way that last time. Just take a look at them. Just be willing to take a look at the habits in your life and allow God to, to speak into those. Um, it's about 10 o'clock. Just give me a couple minutes. I will wrap this up. A couple other ones. Our emotions, our pain, pressure. What do you do when the pressure is really on? Um, they say that's where we find out what we're made of and we really do when, when you really feel the pressure you're going to turn to what's most comfortable to you it's, 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 kind of, it's kind of how we're designed it's how we're made it's what we do it's definitely what cops do um And so that's where, if you, if you kind of come full circle, um, back to the beginning of this, is if you have that place of intentionality with the Heavenly Father, um, you're more likely under that pressure to go to that safe, secret place to go to that place where you know you can speak to the Heavenly Father, where you know you can pour your heart out to Him. Um, but if that's only a place you go, you know, once every two, three, four months, where you're really real with God, 
It's just not as likely. It doesn't mean none of this has to do with your salvation or you're going to heaven. It really has more to do with you digging in and grinding um, and, and, and walking through on a day-to-day basis in, in, in the life, real-life situations um, to bring the kingdom of God to this earth and do His will. But your emotions, God's given them to you, um, but they can definitely mislead you. And when we're in pain, physical and emotional pain, I see it. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I see the pain of this world. Um, I, doing what I do, I, 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 I see it. And I see the brokenness. And I see the, the, the hurt. Um, but I can also tell you that, that uh, uh, the love, the, 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 the love of the Heavenly Father truly will overcome that if, if people will be open to it. Because I've seen it and I've experienced it and I've shared it with, with people at work. But just be careful. Be, you know, understand that your pain, you're, 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 you're going to have emotions, pain, and pressure, and they're going to certainly affect, they're going to affect you. Um, here's, I think, the last one. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to, I'm going to put this thing, because um, this is one of the ones where I'll be going through my day-to-day life, and I'll be wanting to serve the Lord. I've really, what, what I guess all this stems from is, is that's kind of my, where I'm at right now. I, I want to wake up in the morning, and, and I want to surrender my day to do in the will of the Lord. Um, and that, that what, I'll tell you what that doesn't mean. I've learned this firsthand. That doesn't mean that I lay around all day prostrate before the Lord until he tells me to get up and go do something. That's absolutely not what that means. That just means it's an attitude in my heart. Lord, what do you have for me today? Because that's what I want to do. And I want to be open, and I want to be obedient, and I want to be willing. Um, and, it, and it also is never going to, it may for a short time, it's not going to send you into isolation. God doesn't need us to be in isolation to just worship him. He's got angels that do that. God may want you to go to isolation to figure out what he wants you to do, but you advance in his kingdom and his will is directly connected to you connecting to other people. Because that's how he does it. That's how he ministers. That's how he loves people. That's why Jesus came and let 12 people see everything he did. Everything he did. So it's directly connected to other people. So, but one of the, th- one of the things that I stumble with, one of the things that I trip off is my natural mind. And sometimes I think we use this backwards, Okay. And what I mean by that is, is God gave us logic, and he gave us the ability to think, and he gave us the ability to reason. And, some, um, and, and many times that serves us very well. It helps us make good decisions on this earth. It helps us do things um, in the correct way and with order and, and, and with purpose and to manage what we need to do. But on the flip side of that, that same natural mind, when God tells you to do that, can be like, and so we tend to struggle with that. We tend, to, we tend to reason ourselves out of a lot of the little things I think God prompts us to do because it doesn't make any sense to you. And I think the bigger picture is, and, and I heard this guy, T.D. Jakes, talk about this, and I'm certainly not him, but he hammered this point home, and he's like, listen, if it's really comfortable for you to do everything that you God, God has called you to do, you're probably really not doing very much that God has called you to do. Because the spirit within us is battling with the flesh, right? And so, so many of those things inside of you, you need to, they need to be laid down and surrendered. So when God says, talk to that person, and you're like, no. That's exactly who you need. I guess let me phrase it by this. It's kind of, 
instead of reasoning yourself out of it, use it as a litmus test to say, this probably is from the Lord. Especially if it lines up with his word. It's not cheating, lying, and stealing. If it's, if it's ministering to somebody, I'll kind of wrap this up for you. If you get that urging from the Holy Spirit to do something for somebody that's going to minister them and bless them, but your brain is like, that's ridiculous, you need to do that. It's just that simple. Because your brain's always going to be like, that's craziness. Because that's what it is. Um, it's just not going to make sense to your natural mind. And it shouldn't. Um, and that's why we use that to try and talk uh, ourselves out of it. The last one I had there is fear. Fear is real. Fear is going to prevent you from doing stuff if, if, if you succumb to it. Pastor Brent said it best. I've seen it at work many times. Um, fear never goes away, but the Holy Spirit will always give you the ability to overcome fear. You just have to take that step. There's the ledge. Holy Spirit says, you belong over there. You're standing here shaking. You just got to take that step and the Holy Spirit will guide you the rest of the way. I've experienced it many, 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 many hands. Courage. There's a guy that sends out emails at work. He says, courage is not the absence of fear. Um, the most courageous soldiers in the world, it's not that they don't experience fear. It's courage is his ability to operate despite the fear. And that's what the Holy Spirit has empowered you to do, is to move forward despite feeling fear. Everybody fears, feels fear. But courage is the ability to charge on despite the fear. We're going to wrap this up. Um, I'm done. I thank you for your time. I thank you for your listening. I just, I just want to pray this over you. Uh, I'll pray for you one last time as I, as I read kind of my, my final notes here. Because um, I skipped a whole other thing, and I'm not going to go back to it. Maybe next service we'll, we'll get it. But here's the nuts and bolts of this. If, if, uh, um, if you're willing to surrender your will by choice, and that is a choice. If you're willing to surrender your will by choice, you're going to live the best life that you can live. Because you're going to be able to do everything that God has called you to do to bring God's kingdom to this earth through the unique talents and personality that God put in you and only you. That's really the whole focus of this message. And before I pray for you, I've got I to say, parents, please hold on to this. I believe this is our job as parents or anybody that can mentor or speak into somebody that will listen to him. Your goal in life is to help them understand this concept. Don't let this society dictate who they are and what they're going to be um, and what's important to them. And if they're beautiful, parents, you, gotta, that, you own that. Mentors. Grandparents, you own that for your kids. You own that for the people that are around you. You take a hold of this and you, you pour into them how beautiful they are and how they are specifically and intentionally designed by God for a purpose and a plan based off of who they are, not based off of who their best friend is or who they think they want to be, based off of exactly who own that for them. Parents, we, we're, we got children that are so lost out there because they're trying to be everything that they don't need to be. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody that's here. Uh, I thank you for this message. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your word. I just ask you to pour out your blessing, Father. Pour out your blessing on everybody that's here. Make yourself so real to these people. Make yourself so real to everybody that's sitting in here. And for those that need to, just I, I just declare right now, for anybody that's struggling with this, to understand this, Lord, right now, you will give them the psalm to read today. 
And they will just start pouring into those psalms until it sits in their heart so deeply that they will understand the same way that David understand that they are designed with a purpose and a plan to bring and advance your kingdom. And for the rest of them, Lord, maybe just show them those cracks. Just show them those cracks. Um, and maybe not even one that I mentioned, where maybe they're stung. And give them a desire, Father. Give them a desire to bring your will and your, and your kingdom to this earth so that, we, so that them and me, so that we can live the most fulfilling life, Father, that you've created us to fill. And I just declare that that's what we're going to be and that's what we're going to do and that's who we are. In Jesus' name, amen.